Hello everybody, this is Captain Katz. And we are Katz. Alright, and welcome back to the show. I know we've been gone for a couple of weeks. Uh, we needed some shore leave, and while we were on shore leave, a lot of things have happened, uh, especially this past week. So we want before we start the show, we want to take a moment of silence uh, for everything that happened in India, in Beirut, and also this past week was the 75th anniversary of the events that happened in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So without further ado, we're going to take a moment of silence. There we go. All right, so without further ado, uh, let's start the show. So a lot of things that happened just over this weekend that that just came out of nowhere left and right. Um, so we're going to do our best as we can to uh, talk everything. So first and foremost, uh, IDW. IDW is in the news yet again for, I don't know, for the upteenth time. They just recently hired... A new publisher, well, like a, a new manager, a publicist, in the name of uh, Jude Mudley, I think. I'm sorry if I butchered the name. Um, was hired on the 22nd of June, then was on leave, administrative leave, and then after that, uh, as of Friday, they parted ways. It hasn't been said why it was parted ways. But it's just come. It's it's kind of odd because, you know, they needed someone new, and they just hired this person, and then now they just let them go within like sixteen to nineteen days. So, what does that mean to you with IDW? Well, well, so forgive me for being quiet. I was kind of trying to look up uh, some extra news regarding to this, but. Um... If um, somehow these, you know, that guy you're talking about, I'm still trying to look for his name, is parting ways. Um, Within less than a month, not even a month in on the job. Did they let him go or did he say he's going? They released a statement saying that they were parting ways. Then something, pro they probably found out something or maybe they... Something happened involving him that either they don't know about or maybe it was going on within that period of a month. And in order to um, logically minimize damages, uh, they could just say, well, he, he's got to go. Right. So the question would be, uh, okay, um, what did he do? Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the big question. We don't know. Maybe sometime down in the road. Um, IDW might shine some light onto this whole situation, um, but still, you know, it's it's kind of odd that this were to happen. And uh, speaking of of uh, speaking of things within the comic uh, news and industry and everything like that, um, the creator, uh, well, the artist that did the work for the bat mangas in Japan, uh, Jujiro Kurawa, passed away. And he was also one half of the creative team that created Eight Man After. So, uh, pay our respects to him. Um, he was responsible for bringing Batman and also bringing, introducing... Oh, it was Jiro Kawata. Yes, Jiro Kawata. Um, thank you. 85. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And he was responsible of creating a, a character who I think is now canon in, in the Batman storyline. And that's Lord Deathman. <laughs> yeah, and he has the ability of not dying. So he can be squashed, killed, blown up, exploded, starved to death. Which, that actually happened. Um, he could destroy Darkseid. Yeah, he can never die. That's when I met Darkseid could use his what, Omega, the Omega Be- Beams. The yeah. Omega Beam, but he'll just be like, I'm keeping on going. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'll go inside your your, your, your respiratory system and... <clears throat> pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, Lord Deathman. He keeps coming back. You know, no matter how many times you kill him. He has, that's, that's a superpower. They need to bring him back. Yeah, so... Well, so, yeah, so he passed away. And then... On top of that, too... DC is ramping up and getting things ready for its DC fandom. And it's already been announced that they are going to be showing um, some clips and some scenes from the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. There's rumors also as well that they're going to be showing some, like a couple minutes to maybe 10 minutes of the new, for the upcoming Wonder Woman film. Um, They might even show some they said that they're going to have the rock there so they might show off some stuff of of the black adam film mm. or maybe how he looks like as black adam so that's going to be interesting um did they say anything about cuz i'm trying to remember before we took our break um that they were only going to do all that stuff in like 24 hours and if you're not in that window you you know you 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 have to wait or you lose it or whatever no, that no, no, no. The thing is, is like okay, they're gonna do it for an entire day. I don't know if they're doing it live or it's all pre-recorded, mm. but they're only doing it for that one day. Well, I'm just saying because you know, in regards to like you know, Rock probably showing up as Black Adam or, or maybe he'll present. Yeah, something. it's a one and done thing, and if you miss it, you miss it. That window of opportunity. Mm. Yeah. So, not only that, but also, there's also another rumor that stating that they might show the first trailer to the new Batman film. And they might show off Robert Pattinson as Batman, dressed up as Batman. Mm. Mm. Don't know. we got to wait and see. I have no yeah. formal opinion. Well, you know. Because you got to remember, too. Um, remember when, when they said that um, who was going to be the Joker? Wait, in the Robert Pattinson one or in the no, Dark Knight? No, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. With was, Heath Ledger. I was part of the people that were like, I don't know. Everybody would see him as... Uh, what was that one movie? No, everybody was criticizing about Keith Ledger because they're like, why are you getting a guy who was famous for doing rom-com films? Ah, there, there we go. And then all of a sudden, he destroyed everybody. <laughs> yeah, he proved everybody wrong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, who's to say that you know he he um, Robert Pattinson can smash this out of the park? You know Heath Ledger proved everyone wrong. Who's to say that this guy can prove everyone wrong too? Well, you gotta be careful, cause it could possibly be a success, but there's always that degree of um, you know not much of this success. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure uh, you know the. You know, if it comes out in theaters per se or, or, or on demand, mm-hmm. yeah, there'll be some uh, the first people that'll help it gain that type of profit. 
probably make even. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just have to wait and see what uh, he has to offer. Is he going to be as memorable as Heath Ledger? Because, damn. Uh, or, or otherwise, it's like. Well, you can't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't measure him. Um, no, no. I'm only. I'm only measuring the like. Ah, uh, that's the peanut gallery. Don't worry about it. Uh, measuring the um, reaction. You know, like like how I was. Remember, I was like Keith Ledger, uh, and then like rom coms, and then he blew us all away. Right. That's the only thing I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm comparing to. Like, will he have that same type of? Uh, Possibility where he'll he'll just blow everyone away. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I'm more of if I'm gonna judge this guy, being a Batman, I gotta go with like this. Okay. You have Michael Keaton. You had you know George Clooney. You had Val Kilmer. You had uh, Christian Bale. You know I'm I'm, I'm gonna. You have well, well I have to count them because it's there. Adam West. Yeah, no. But what about that the, the Batman serials? That guy. Oh, that him too. Yeah. I need to know his name. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. So like Yes. Okay, so we have to judge in between all of those Batmans, you know. And see where he goes. Like, you know, is he gonna be as eh, like Val Kilmer, George Clooney? Well, or is the, the, he Well or, actually they're they're part of Campy. That's what I'm saying. George yeah, that's what I'm saying. George Clooney and Val Kilmer is like yeah. Or is he going to be, like, serious and dark, like um, Christian Bale? Or just right smack in the middle with the serial, the Batman actor, the actor who did the series for Batman and Michael Keaton. So, yeah, there's a degree. There's a degree. So, it depends on how where he falls in. Or, you know, he could surprise us and be like, hey, you know what? He did his own thing. You know, so he just, like, branched off of, of all these other actors that did Batman and just, like, did his own thing. Kind of like Joaquin Phoenix did with Joker. You know, he wasn't trying to be like Jack Nicholson. He wasn't trying to be like Keith Ledger. He wasn't trying to be like Jay Leto or um, Cesar Romero or, you know, Mark Hamill or anything like that. He just went his own way. Well, that's because with the Joker, um, um, the only thing that he got right, which somehow was wrong, but yet right in a way anyways, was the mythos of the joke, the origin of the Joker. Itself. It is a origin. Yeah. With the letter A being quantitative because it is not the definitive. Right. And the only ones who knew were Bob Finger and uh, Bob Kane. Bill Finger and, excuse me, Bill Finger and Bob Kane. And, That's right. Well, they're not here to tell us exactly the real scoop about the Joker, but they're the only ones that know. Mm-hmm. But they, 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 did, they did not uh, leave the definitive, just a de- uh, derivative uh, origin. Right. So... Like you said, he Bill. Was, I think Bill Finger. Yeah, it was Bill Finger. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, Joaquin Phoenix. Well, I liked it. So yeah, like I said, it was different. He wasn't trying to copy any of his predecessors. He just wanted to be his own thing. Yeah, that's one of the problems with. Uh... And I thought that was smart. I think that was a good decision. No, no, no. I meant with human history in general. You know, we tend to you know, there's that sh- that term. You know, like oh, you're a shadow of this. Mm-hmm. So that's what they. That's what people usually do nowadays. Mm-hmm. So. I can't wait. So, and then also another thing, too, that's going to come out with the DC fandom is that it's already been leaked and announced that there's already going to be a Suicide Squad game. Um, and it's going to be made by Rocksteady. No wonder they were trending. Yeah, so they're... Because they... You know, Rocksteady created the great Batman Arkham games. You know, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, and um, Arkham Asylum. So, just can't wait to see what that's going to happen. 
And not only that, too, we might get to see James Gunn's Suicide Squad film. See where's that at. Mm-hmm. So. The only film that he takes vengeance against Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Well, they, well, I, he's already back in his good graces with Marvel, but it doesn't mean that he is going to use that script. I bet you he just, like, rewrote that whole script and just turned that into Suicide Squad. His version of the Suicide Squad, so. Well, a lot of vengeance. Yeah, well, who knows? So, we just gotta wait and see on that one. And, um, moving along from uh, cinema to uh, gaming, uh, just to let you guys know, as as of this recording, tomorrow, 9 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 12 o'clock Eastern uh, Standard Time, will be the second episode of the Night City Wire for Cyberpunk 2077. Um, I can't wait to watch this. Uh, the first one was really great. Just a small little recap. The first one, the first episode we saw, um, new projects that they're doing with Cyberpunk 2077. They're going to do an anime with Trigger Studios. They were going to add some new, um, clothing lines and some other aspects of the game. Um, not only that, but they were also playing. They also announced that they were going to do a comic series that's coming out in a couple months, uh, based on the um, trauma team. So that's going to be interesting. So, what do you think they're going to be talking about on this week's? Well, this uh, this upcoming edition of Night City Wire. Um. Well, I'm reading their official thing that they said three days ago. They say. Um, their official Twitter tweet, you know, join us on Monday at the, the 6 p.m. CEST. So we already told it. Yeah. For episode 2 of Nightwire City. Uh, this time we'll share details about life paths, show you the types of weapons you will be using in the game, and discuss refuse, uh, refused transform... R-E-F-U-S-E-D apostrophe S. So refused transformation into samurai. Okay. So I guess they're giving us a little taste of what to expect. Um, well... Sorry to destroy your question because it, and now it's irrelevant. Right. But I'll, I'll throw in a relevant question. Do you think they're going to add some uh, um, teasers or stuff to their future projects in it, or perhaps for the third episode, perhaps? Maybe. Well, okay. So they're going to talk about the weapons. Um, I've played the tabletop games. I uh, like. I have Cyberpunk uh, Red. The, the the jumpstart kit. Um, I've I've played I've played and I have all the Cyberpunk twenty ten ebooks. So weapon wise, um, I'll just tell you from what I've done from experience. Weapon wise, you're gonna have a little bit of everything. You're gonna have a little bit of f- from a simple handgun to a hand cannon, a samurai sword. You know you're gonna carry a. Uh, Laser, laser cannons, bazookas, shotguns, you name it. Um, a Gatling gun, if you if you have the right modifications and everything to carry the damn thing. But yeah, you can whatever weapon, whatever you can think of a weapon. Yeah, you're gonna have that in a weapon in the game. Hell, you can even turn a piece of wood into the most deadliest piece of wood. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I should know. Um, yeah, right. You can turn it into cyber wood. <laughs> a piece of wood that actually has titanium claws. Arr! Yeah, it's possible. But it's just a regular 2 by 4 <laughs> It's possible. Yeah. 
so yeah and then uh the life paths that's going to be interesting because um from the tabletop game it's it's interesting because it affects your stats either in a positive or in a negative way so you can have like the most depressing path life to start your character it can sound like really depressing but then once you once you set on it it's like oh, okay you have really good stats but jesus christ is that depressing or you can have like the most greatest thing like you know yeah i was born into a rich family yes i had this yes i have that yes i have all these cybernetic enhancements and everything and everything is all good but then almost two-thirds of your stats will be affected negatively because of that. Hmm. So whatever choice you make in the beginning will affect you how the way you start. That's how it was in the tabletop game. And I'm so glad that they brought that over to the game. You know, no matter how good you your lifeline is, it will screw you over in terms of stats and survivability. You know? Um... The one thing that I do want to see in in the Night City Wire is I want them to confirm a rumor that's been around since last year that whether or not they were going to have a cell phone app companion to the game or like a or like a standalone game that was going to lead up to the events of 2077. Mm. So there was, yeah, yeah, because there was rumors that was circling around um, last year, but there hasn't they haven't acknowledged it or killed off the rumor saying that yeah it's true or no it's not true, so that's still up in the air. Um, on top of that too, I've also heard that um, the first the first trailer the very first trailer of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. That happened years ago. They say that they're planning on turning that whole thing into like either a side story or like a DLC. But I can go either or with it or just leave it as is. It, I, you know, if they don't do anything with it and they leave it on the chopping floor, I'm okay with that. You know, but um, if they do try to incorporate that in one way or another, all right, that's pretty cool. So, I can't wait for that. So, um, yeah, definitely cannot wait for that for tomorrow. So, and speaking of gaming news as well, um, this year marks the 20th anniversary of quite possibly one of the most important games to ever hit consoles and did something that revolutionized the gaming industry and the community. Uh, the, well, pretty much, yeah, it revolutionized gaming industry in a positive way and forward. And if it wasn't for the success of this game, um, we wouldn't be having online game. Well, we wouldn't be playing online games on consoles, in one way or another. And that is the 20th anniversary of Fantasy Star Online, which was released in the Dreamcast on on December of 20 of of 2000. It was a very important game, a re- a real landmark game because that was the first online RPG game that was specifically made for home consoles you know the game was created by the sonic team uh which were busy already releasing games such as choo choo rocket 
uh, Sonic Adventures and Samba de Amigos, both the arcade version and the Dreamcast version. So, so they had their hands full on creating this game, and uh, lo and behold, they they knocked it out of the park. It was good, even though they, um, the game did have some glitches and some problems in its early stages, but they did tend to fix it and made it really good. Uh, the game was released in Japan first in twenty in two thousand, and then later in the U.S. and Europe in two thousand and one. So, and this game was really important because if it wasn't for the success the success of this game, I think we wouldn't be having um, online capabilities and home consoles. I think that still would have been like a PC thing only. Yeah, but back then it was really expensive. It it was expensive. It was exp- and tedious, uh, depending on <laughs> no no. If you remember dial up? Uh, no no. Here's the thing though. In Japan. Um, Sega, the president of Sega at the time, um, he knew that all of Japan wasn't ready for uh, Fantasy Star Online, so he purposely put in money to to so company so online companies would not charge the Japanese public. And the only way that they would charge people is that he Sega sold subscription plans. They were the first ones to invent this, this subscription plan. You had a 15-day or a 30-day subscription plan. It was way before WoW. Yeah. Um, and it worked. And it worked. Um, I can't remember how it worked over here back in the 2000s, 2001. But Don't you need, like, oh, well, first of all, I need to, you know. Yeah, yeah, you need to hook it up. You need you need a hardwire hookup. You know, you can't because there was no Wi-Fi at the time. You definitely need to hook it up directly. And you, you know? need you needed to buy the best type of like internet service provider around, which was available at the time. But they were stupid, stupid expensive. expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were really expensive. Hell, uh, as for internet, remember Net Zero? Yeah, we we so depended on that until well. You know, Internet got got better. Internet got well, not just better, but more affordable. Yeah, so I remember that. So um, it was crazy. It was crazy. But the game was great. I still have my copy of uh, Fantasy Star Online. Um, it was it was a great game. Uh, the servers closed down in the U.S. in. 04 and Japan they closed it down in 07 and um, they still have private servers up for people to still play it around the world to this day um, and we can't even access it ah nah I don't want to go through that whole process so mm. I like to remember for what it was it was a great game even though they still uh, I, would, I, would I love to see a release a re-release of it yeah, maybe down the road. Yeah, sure. Why not? Just make the service free and work good. Yeah, and just touch up the game a little bit. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll give it a go. I'll go back into it again. That was great. Yeah. So, happy anniversary to Fantasy Star Online. And another thing, well, not more of a thing, more of a person who's celebrating an anniversary. Well, two. One of them is. America's sweetheart, uh, Betty Boop. She turns 90. She turns 90 today, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Betty Boo was the first I uh, I would say the first cartoon icon, female icon, in um, animation. Yeah, um, her, her, the cartoons if um, the yeah like the cartoons that she did for Fletcher Studios were by far great and wonderful, especially to before uh, the Hayes Code. The Hayes Code um, uh, thirty four. Yes, were um, her best years. And, um, and she it, helped cre- uh, create the career of Popeye. Yes, she introduced. Yeah, she was. She introduced Popeye. Not only that, but she also, um, which a lot of people don't want to, don't believe, or don't want to believe, but also she kind of helped uh, introduce jazz. Well, showed off jazz. Because in her early days, before the uh, Hayes Codes, she they had a lot of jazz musicians and jazz bands and swing bands uh, that did the soundtracks to her original cartoons. You know, um, so it, it was it was interesting. You know, she had um, oh my god. She had Louis Armstrong. She had Cap Calloway. Cap Calloway was a regular on there. You can tell because he loved doing the music for it. Um, Minnie the Moocher, the old man of the mountain. Yep. Especially Minnie the Moocher, the classic. Him dancing around as the walrus surrounded by death. Yeah. Uh, uh, St. James Infirmary. Um, Yeah, but not only that too, but also, like I said... um, the music, like I said, like Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong did one cartoon, and he looked like he was having a blast. Um, not only that, but also there was a rumor, but it hasn't been confirmed yet if it was true or not, that they were going to get um, other jazz bands from the West Coast, like Benny Goodman, you know, the king, the California king of jazz. You know, he was the king of the West Coast. Um, but I don't know if they ever did or not. But not only that too, but also throughout this entire year, um, the Fletcher Estate is partnering up with so many other, with so many companies throughout the year to giving out like to do special uh, items and novelty stuff to celebrate the 90th anniversary of Betty Boo. So the original sex symbol. The original icon, uh, you know, Betty Boo. If they're selling some stills or photos, I want a picture of that walrus. <laughs> With some of the skulls. Yeah. So, yeah. So, other than that, yeah. So, congratulations to Betty Boo on turning 90. Want to be a member? Want to be a member? No. <laughs> I remember that. I she made a cameo in that one. Yeah. Oh, man. That was great. And not only that, too, but um, another character that turns 90 next year was a very interesting character. Um, Golden Bat. And if any of you who don't know who Golden Bat is, yeah, sit down. You're in for a treat. Okay. So, Golden Bat is considered to be the first true superhero he was introduced into the world in 1931 by um hold on let me get their names up 
because I don't want to butcher them. Yeah, so, okay. Yes, so he was introduced in 1931 by Suzuki, Iro, um, Suzuki Ichiro and Takeo Nagamatsu. Yes. In 1931. Mm-hmm. And he was originally introduced... Uh, made his debut in paper theater or Kamebashi. Oh, am I pronouncing it right? Once again, people, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Kamishibai. Kamishibai, yes, thank you. Yeah. So, he was introduced doing that. Uh, if you don't know what Kamishibai is, it's it's paper theaters. Usually they would just have a small stand, a couple slides, and one person telling stories. So this is where he was first introduced. First made his debut. And with Golden, uh, Golden Bat, he was named after a cigarette brand that was famous at the time, which was called Golden Bat Cigarettes. And it was, and he became very popular, so popular. Um, well, before we go to his popularity, let's put it put it to you this way: if you think I'm joking, okay. Superman was introduced to the world in 1938. Batman was introduced in 1939. Marvel Comics' first superheroes, the Human Torch, Angel, and the Submariner, were both, were all three of them were introduced in 1939. Wonder Woman was introduced in 1941. Golden Bat was introduced in 1931, a good seven years ahead of Superman. And basically, he had the same powers as Superman. But sadly, but sadly, no one in the U.S. didn't know about him because he was starting off in Japan. Then later, he kind of grew, like after the war, which which he supposed he survived the war because after World War II, there was a big decline on the paper theater. But television? No, no, no. It was it was a decline because you know what happened with World War II, yeah, the bombings yeah. and stuff like that. And um, and so on and so forth, but but there was a, a huge decline of paper theater, and those that still kept going with the paper theater, he was still popular. He was the most popular, so popular that when manga was being created, he was the first. Um, he they told, they told many stories about Golden Bat through manga, you know, um, you know. After World War II, they, they adapted a lot of the paper theater manga, uh, stories that they had into mangas, including by Osume Tezuki, the grandfather of mangas, actually created a manga of Golden Bat. And then later went on. And then later on, they created a movie which starred Sonny Chiba. Um, even though Sonny Chiba wasn't Golden Bat, I thought it'd be awesome if he was, but no. Um, and that was in 1966. And then from 1967 to 68, they had a 52-episode series that um, that was aired, which was Golden Bat. And he was interesting. His villains were interesting. Um, well, I liked the most, because um, then we see a documentary about him. And it was like anime's first negative criticism. Yeah. Because remember, they were still doing um, paper theaters. Yeah. And uh, I think some people are saying... Anime sucks balls. You know why? Well, in the, in, in the case of Golden Bat. Why should I be watching anime on 
television when I can go up the street and, and wait a week and see the next episode, real episode of Golden Bat in paper theater. Yeah, and it didn't cost you a dime. Yeah, so that was the problem too, because anime was a new thing at the time, and it wasn't really picking up, you know. Oh, the, what, what was the critique? Oh, there's just paper theater, but you just keep putting more pieces, and and they just looks like they're moving. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, it's still true to this day. The only difference is it's now more popular. Yeah. So, um, sadly to say, after the TV series, never they, no other studio or no other uh, anime creator or manga creator decided to continue on the legacy of Golden Bat. So he's been hiatus since 1967. No, uh, 68. But the thing was, he did make little cameos here and there, not just the character-wise, just like the name, the figures, the little cameos in animes. Um, you'll, You'll see, like someone that would dress up like him and if you're case you're wondering what golden bat looks like it's not a dude that looks like a bat it's actually like a skeleton a a, a human skeleton that's in gold that has the ability to fly has the ability to destroy monsters punch attack do all the same stuff like superman does he has a pimp cane of like a walking cane but it looks like a pimp cane and he has like Dracula's cow, cape and cow, you know, you know the black and the red interiors and stuff like that, and all that. Yeah, so it's just basically a, a golden a golden skeleton having a cane, beating up monsters with a cane, having Dracula's cape. And what were his villains again? Well, the main villain that he had was um, a villain called. Doctor, what's his face? Oh yes, Doctor Erich Nazo, and he looked like <laughs> okay. So his bottom path was like a UFO, and the top part was like a robotic cat with four eyes, each one with a different color, and he had a claw, and it looked like. No, not like a claw from like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget, but like how the way he talked and how the way he looked, it kind of looked like they stole, like, you know, the guys who created Inspector Gadget was like, huh, let's just use this guy as the protocol, for, like the basis of Dr. Claw. But, but the claw is, is, I think the best way to say it is like, remember Space Pirate Cobra? Mm-hmm. Remember Crystal Bowie? Yep. So think of Golden Bat. His entire body, and then Doctor Enrich Nazo's claw, and you got Crystal Bowie. That's basically what it is. Like this guy, yeah. And the cool thing too about about this doctor was that okay, he had a base where it can show up anywhere. Like I mean, anywhere. He wants to go mess up some penguins in Antarctica. Boom, he's there. Does he want to go to, like, say, Texas and pick on a person because he wants to? Boom, he's there. Um, Say he wants to go to Europe and watch a football club lose and then all of a sudden threaten downtown because it pissed him off to make him lose. Boom, he's there. That's, like, awesome. And then, like, say, like, he picks on this person, right? Say, like, he picked on you 
And, and he's just like, you know, like, heh, 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 heh. I'll send my monsters on you. Out of nowhere, from space and time, comes Golden Bat, like, laughs at the monsters. Like, literally. Like, this is what he does. He, he will laugh at the villains for no apparent reason. Doesn't care. Smacks them around. Blows them up. And then he laughs and goes off into time and space until next time, whenever like said person is in trouble. Mm. How can that person be forgotten in history? Like seriously. Shoot, he could take on Dark Side and the news gods anytime. All he has to do is just go up there and laugh in their faces. <laughs> yeah, and just like slug them. That's it. Just to... <laughs> the cage. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, he has this cane, and he's just like... He, like, like I saw one episode where he's fighting against a monster that's just like a giant human hand. Like, literally, a giant human hand. And he just goes and like, grabs his cane and starts beating this hand. And then he picks it up. Like, messes up to the fingers. Throws it up. Blows up. And then he just laughs at it getting blown up. And then he just, like, flies away like nothing. Like, come on. How can people, like, seriously, like, they better do, like, a 90th anniversary special on this guy next year in Japan. Like, seriously. He's, like, the world's first superhero. Well, technically the second, if you don't count the, um... Gilgamesh. Gil- Gilgamesh and Ikindu. Mm. So, um... So, I mean the third. Nah, I would say second. Because I would say Gilgamesh and Ikindu would be, like, the original Batman and Robin. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, he, yeah. So, they better do something about it. They better do something for this guy. They better do something for this cat. You know? Like, he's just like, if you guys ever have a chance, watch, like, find any of the episodes of Golden Bat. Watch them. You, you be like, what the hell? But then you'll be like, hey, you know what? I dig it. It's weird, but I dig it. Kind of like the Japanese Spider-Man. In case you don't know, the, uh, Stanley actually, uh, Stanley even said it himself that he actually liked Japanese Spider-Man, and the Japanese Spider-Man has nothing to do with Marvel Spider-Man. Um, quick synopsis: Okay, there was a kid. He found a space alien. The space alien came from the planet Spider-Man, and so and and he gives this kid like this like like this, like this bracelet. And so, like, whenever, like, evil comes and he needs to transform, he turns on the bracelet and then all of a sudden, boom, he dresses up as Spider-Man. No webbing, no any of that, no radioactive spider. And he, and he'll just go karate on all of them. Okay, and then, and then say, like, if a kaiju, like, literally, so say, like, Mothra shows up or Gamera shows up. And just, or like a regular Ultraman villain, okay? type of kaiju just shows up and starts blowing up stuff in Tokyo, right? So, the, so you know, Japanese Spider-Man would just, like, call on, on this mecha Spider-Man and it turns into, like, this was, like, way before, like, Super Sentai. Way <laughs> before Super Sentai. And in case you guys don't know what Super Sentai is, this is what the Power Rangers was based off of. So it goes way beyond Super Sentai. 
and then he turns into this robot. He goes into this giant robot Spider-Man, you know, that doesn't even look like a Spider-Man. Like, it just looks like, you know, the Megazord or something like that. And then he goes off, beats up, the, like, the kaiju, wins, explosion, and then just, like, you know... Whoosh. I'm seeing some pictures right now on uh, my, uh, my my phone. Of yeah. The Spider- well, Japanese Spider-Man from 78. Yes. I'm seeing a picture where he's holding a... Uh, it looks like a machine gun. No, a laser beam. Yeah. Oh, and here's a picture of him with the Mecha Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> oh, man. And this, and, and Stanley actually loved it. And he said that this was his favorite. He said he was surprised that they didn't bring this over to, to the United States. It, it would have picked up like crazy. I think he was right on that. I think he, I think it would have. I think it would have. And uh, there's rumors, too, that, like, okay, so there's already in production with uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2, which I'm so glad that they are. And there's rumors that they were going to introduce other Spider-Man from other timelines. Like in the end with uh, Spider-Man 2099? Yeah, so they were going to do, like, they were going to... But they throw him in that meme with the other Spider-Man. Hey, who are you? Spider-Man, the Spider-Man friends, yeah. Yeah. So they say that they were going to introduce Spider-Man 2099... That Spider-Man with the Super Friends. And also they were going to introduce Japanese Spider-Man. And maybe, maybe, quote-unquote, Italian Spider-Man. Oh, him. (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, man. If you have a chance, watch it. Just watch, just, just just YouTube Italian Spider-Man. Watch the trailer, and you'll see what I mean. So yeah, so what a trip! <sighs> Can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> so other than that, yeah, it, um, yeah. So anything else to talk about before we go? Um. You know what? Yeah, one more thing we're going to talk about. Okay. Baseball season. Baseball season's back. What do you think of it? I still say they shouldn't do it. Case in point, uh, what? The first game of the Marlins? Hmm. We don't even have to go talk about that because of what they did. And Well, they did nothing except get, get infected. Yeah. Yeah. But all in all, um, besides that, um, it's not bad. I know it's weird. I'd rather. Well, if I had to deal with baseball, I'd rather listen to it on the radio. Right. Because if you watch it on TV, it's not right with, you know, there's almost no. There's obviously nobody except for personnel, you know. What's what standard was, what what MLB uh, said. They put like. Fake, you know, like, hey, <laughs> no. At least with the radio, you can hear literally everything just a crack, you know, swing ball and a strike, run, 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 you know, like that. Yeah. You can hear the emptiness, you can at least, you know, hear it, see, hear baseball like it was back in the 30s and 40s on the radio. It's actually more better, I guess. Right. It doesn't, it's, so it's, it's not it's, weird, it's, it's real. It's just real because of the situation. Right. Simply put, it's just real as opposed to seeing something that can turn into a fantasy any moment. Yeah, that's true. And then also the two, the NBA as well. The NBA is back. 
Um, are they, but they're are they also, doing the same thing with the fake audience noises and stuff like that? Or that I don't know. I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch an NBA game yet. But I heard that um, this is how it's going. They're playing in Florida. They're playing in Disneyland. I think Disneyland or Disney World. Disney World. Yeah. But the only the only people who are allowed to be in the building is the two teams and the benches, the referee, camera crew, uh, some of the people that have to go in and like wipe the floors and stuff like that. You know, when there was timeouts and stuff like that. You know, personnel like that. So there's no cheerleaders, no mascots, um, no other people that need to be there. You know, except security, of course. You know, make sure that no one doesn't try to sneak in and watch the games. Yes. So, but, but that it works because it's meant to be played. You know, in a dome, you, you're it's going to you know you hear the echoes and stuff like that. But it works that way. Same thing with the NHL. No. Baseball, on the other hand, yeah, you kind of need the people to make the game good. But then again, you got to remember, too, that even with all of this was happening, Japan was playing... Japan, I think they're I think they're done playing? Or they're in the middle of the playoffs. I can't remember. But they did an entire baseball season with empty stadiums. No sound, no nothing. Just two teams playing. And a camera crew. And an announcer. That was it. South Korea did the same thing. And South Korea, I think, was the first ones. I don't know if Japan did it or South Korea. I think it was South Korea. Yeah, but they were the first ones that actually put the cutouts of people in the stadiums, in the stands. And pumping out the fan reactions and um, the noises and stuff like that to make the players feel like, yeah, they're playing in front of a crowd. Instead of just like, you know... You know, but yeah, um, and same thing with uh, same thing with soccer, especially in Europe, uh, with the Champions League going on and a lot of the seasons, uh, the domestic seasons already ending in Europe. It's kind well, I wouldn't say it's not odd. I've seen soccer games playing in empty stadiums due to uh, certain reasons. Or punishment by home teams for doing something or another. But, um, eh, it's okay. But all in all, I think baseball, it's good. Like, I'm glad to see baseball's back. I'm glad to see that they're taking a lot of precautions. Um, but I totally, yeah, but I totally do agree with you that if you're going to pay attention to the 60 game, uh, season that's happening right now, uh, listen to it on the radio. I think, I do, I do agree with you. It's better. Uh, it's more imaginative and you kind of get a good glimpse of what it felt like what baseball was and that was the only means of listening to the game which was on the radio in case if you didn't buy tickets yeah if you couldn't if you didn't live in one of the cities where they were having the games or um, then you just had to listen be lucky if your team was actually on the radio that day so all right, so without further ado, thank you guys so much for listening to us. We'll be back next week where we're going to talk about everything that happened with the Cyberpunk 2077 Night City News. 
and any more information that's coming out. So until then, I am Captain Katz. And I am We Are Katz. All right. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have a great day. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Keep your social distancing outside, uh, you know, within six feet and everything. And just be nice to one another, all right? Okay. Until then, take care. We're back. Yo-ho!